Hi, I'm Mariana Fermenter. This is the second part of a two-part episode. You can find the first part in your podcast feed or at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Enjoy! This episode of the YVR Screen Scene podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Now, Sequest was one of the times where you have appeared on screen with your father. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I believe in, in Stargate you directed him as well was those those times where you where you know like where he was on set with you you know later in your career you know beyond like what you know going when you were much younger like how was it different and and you know how did he how did he respond to that uh well when it made sense for him and my mother to 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 both uh bring us on to set and and to share the the family experience and and uh entertainment it also made sense for for, and invariably what would happen is so both my brother Michael and I were on, on Sequest yeah. and the subject a lot of the time would come up where the people that you're working with say do you think your dad would ever want to come over and I go yeah my dad loves to work of course he'd probably he'd probably do it and I think dad does this interest you and my dad well yeah he like paid trip to come see my sons and go hang out yeah let's do it um, so David was also um in, in that scene, so that it, it was there was a situation where all three brothers and my dad were, wow. and Leslie Hope uh, played my dad's wife who had taken a, a drug that made her look young. Mm-hmm. She was kind of addicted to it. So that was that was an interesting little uh, play on society where you're you're addicted to something, right? Yeah. In this case, it was something that makes you look young as opposed to an opioid or or some other. Uh, or, you know, I guess you could be addicted to plastic surgery, but this was a drug that was potentially killing her, and we had to get her uh, stop her from it, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was a great opportunity to to uh, spend time with my dad, and um, when it came up again on on uh, Stargate, mm-hmm. uh, my 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 dad said, "Yeah, of course I would," and that was the situation where. Um, that was the same exact thing. Do you think your dad would be? I said, yeah, I think my dad would probably go for that. Yeah. And my dad was like, yeah, I'll come up. Yeah, that'd be great. Was that your your first time directing him, personally? I had directed him in a um, another another movie a long, long time ago. Uh, it was a, it was just a one day, and uh, I I I cherish those those uh, moments because I. I was. I felt like, in, in some small way, I was being able to give back to him, or saying thank you for for including me in this in this wonderful world, oh, right? Wow. And so it's it's like you, someone has when for an actor to get a job, somebody has to hold the door open for them yeah. figuratively. When they say, "Of all the people, I choose you. Can you come play? Can you come out and play?" Yeah. And and so there has to be some like an invitation. And so that there's a powerlessness that comes with deciding to be an actor where you can't just, unless you're creating your own work, which is a, a gigantic undertaking uh, about, unto itself, you're, you're depending on somebody else to recognize that you would be an asset in their, in their project, right? Yeah. And so that's very difficult to, to give up that control because you have no control. The only control you have is to say no, and then, you know, then, then you're not working. 
Yeah. So so yeah. When I think my dad ended up doing a lot of uh, projects that he probably should not have. But he wouldn't say that. Yeah. He would say, no, I had fun. What, yeah. what was I going to do? Stay home and garden or cook that day? I got to go out. I got to meet people. So he he worked way too much and too hard yeah. on, on a lot of different things. I'm still finding out that he ended up working on things. I, go, I didn't know he did. <laughs> he did student films. Students yeah. would contact me. Do you, can you, yeah, I'll come out and I'll be in your student film. What? Wow. Right? <laughs> he just liked working. He yeah. Just liked, he just liked going out and doing it. He had fun. That's he what it was about, right? Chasing the fun. Absolutely. So you did get back in front of the camera recently. Uh, it was a project called All Summer Long, where you were also behind the camera as well. But who, who, tell us who you were performing with. Uh, Brennan Elliott. That was very exciting. Uh, that was a, a, a romantic comedy. Um for Hallmark, and it was uh, based out of uh, Gibson's, which is made uh, is notable because it was where the beachcombers were. Uh, right. Shot. Oh, what a place to do that. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Now, it wasn't Brennan that I was talking about, because I know that you were going to work every day. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I said the most important yes, person in your no, life. Not is not Brendan. I'm not. Although I mean, not to diminish important his importance, but oh, no, you're, we're talking. You're talking about my wife. Your Andrew wife. Loder, yes, we got to play a married couple <laughs> on uh, on on screen. That was thrilling. I'm leaving that in. We're not re-recording that. Okay. That stays. <laughs> that's, that's very funny. Okay, so so. Tell me, like, so had you directed yourself on screen before? Yes, I had uh, one of my, my first job uh, was, was directing an episode of uh, 21 Jump Street. And okay. And as well. Yeah. Was one less actor I had to tell what to do. Yeah, and you are directable. I'm, well, yeah, because I I take direction very well. Yeah, especially from yourself. The experience, though, of, of being on set, especially in a place as, as gorgeous at Gibson's, I was, I do follow you on Twitter, so I saw many beautiful shots from various boats mm -hmm. and and uh, looked like you were having the best time, but d were, were you having the best time? Like, you know, especially ha after, like, ha having not been in front of the camera in a long time and, you know, being mostly known as Peter DeLuise director, like, what was it like to kind of, like, you know, get back on that horse of acting? Well, um, Acting's not a horse. You know what I'm saying. So one of the complications of, of uh, directing yourself is that you have, that a director is supposedly supposed to be there every waking moment from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And p part of the challenges of that is if you're an actor, you have to get your hair and makeup done and you have to change your, your, your wardrobe. So that pulls you away from being on set the entire time. Yeah. Uh, add to the fact that we were shooting on a boat. Boat is a, it has its own challenges. Shooting on water is, uh, ask anybody who was involved in the project called Waterworld. And I'll tell you what, we didn't have quite the amount of trouble that they had, but shooting on water is always. I mean, you can't. I'm just thinking challenge. now. Like I was, I was just on a cruise. When you're standing still, you're not still. I mean, it's constant mm. moving. Like, was that like wh what kind of technical? Issues I wish are? we had done this on a cruise. And yeah. there has been there. There was a Hallmark <laughs> uh, a movie that was shot on a cruise ship. Yeah. Because there's plenty of room on a proper cruise ship. Yeah. Uh, but we were on a, a much, you know, even though the the yacht that we were on was 120 uh, feet long. Mm. It was uh, limited in space, uh, not uh, ready to receive a, a working film crew. Yeah. And a lot of times when you watch a movie that's happening on a boat, 
it is actually happening on a set. Yeah. Or uh, there's a tremendous amount of extra time and resources that is devoted to shooting at a boat. So uh, if you're watching a movie called Jaws, there's a barge and they're shooting from boat to boat and they're not on, they're not the whole crew isn't on this tiny little boat. Uh-huh. Right, so, so that's a challenge is, is shooting from the dock or, or a nearby barge on, onto a boat and being able to create a footprint for your for your film crew that isn't actually on the boat. Yeah. And then the other uh, part is uh, being uh, the tides. People take that for granted. Is if you're in a if you're in a marina, the tides are going to be an issue. And yeah. So you chose a, a rather uh, challenging film with a lot of challenging technical issues right, right. <laughs> to well, go and be in front I, of the camera. I, this was a great opportunity for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Breth, uh, Beth Grossbard, who is the producer of this, said, well, you know, you and Emery should be the, the couple that, that are the supporting uh, the leads. And I said, well, that'd be awesome if I could, I could, if I could work with uh, Anne-Marie again. And we had worked on, on uh, as a married couple on uh, Mostly Ghostly, mm-hmm. which was a, a, a kid's... Uh, Haunted uh, House, uh, Haunted movie. And then another uh, project called uh, Andromeda, where you played. So we'd played yeah. Married Couple before, but I wasn't directing either one of those. And I'd, I had, uh, like I said, I had directed myself before, and I, I knew that, that that part, I had that covered. But being on a boat, try to avoid that at all costs. Yeah. But I had, I had an opportunity <laughs> to, to act with my wife again. So that was a, that was a high point for us. Do you think we'll be seeing more of you in front of the camera then after this experience? I, I certainly hope so. I don't know how that can happen unless I just say no. This is part of the part of my dilemma or not dilemma, but part of my, my, my problem is and something I alluded to earlier was because I became a director, I was uh, getting a certain amount of salary uh, and once I committed to a family and a mortgage, that meant that I had a director's salary lifestyle. Yeah. And to suddenly go to an actor's salary. Yeah. And that doesn't actually pay the bills. Uh, I, I, I one time I actually one of the experiences that I had was I was on a local show here. I had committed to doing uh, five episodes of a particular uh, Canadian series. And I had to uh, not direct an episode of television, which was a hefty payday. Yeah. And so I lost the revenue for this directing gig. <clears throat> and, I, and I stayed on to do five episodes. And then only to find out that the fee that I had um, received after doing the, the uh, guesting on of these five episodes of this particular television show didn't amount to even uh, a whole mortgage payment for the time that it was like so I was oh. I had to dip into my savings to be on this show yeah and that's when I first realized oh no I can't be a performer only yeah because it doesn't pay for my uh, my lifestyle oh, man. So, you, you know so, I so if I could the answer the, the quick answer would be uh, if I could I would yeah. I would do that in, in a heartbeat I love performing but I, I just I don't uh, so but that lesson was learned that lesson was learned uh, probably about 15 years ago. Yeah. 
And since then, I've, I've actually paid my mortgage off. All right. So now I can say no and make myself available. So if you want Peter DeLuise to be in your movie. Also, the other thing that we're not talking about is the type of role. Right. So I Yeah, I, I was gonna ask you about the type of role. So if anybody could do it, then maybe it's not something that I would I would be uh, super excited so about. So what is a what is a Peter DeLuise role then? Well a likable scoundrel or something that, that that involves a little bit of uh uh sense of humor. Yeah. I am a triple threat, you know. I'm I have a sense of humor, I can make people laugh, and I'm hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yes, yes, you so are. So if you want that, if you want that in your movie. Yeah. Um, what if what if your son were to come to you now? So he's a teenager mm-hmm. now and f- probably about the, the age you were when you were working more and more. And if he said to, said to you, and I don't know if he has, but if he says, you know, Mom, Dad, I want to be an actor. What, what, what would you say? I, I want my son to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Whatever get, get makes him happy. My mom used to say, follow your bliss. Follow your so your dad was with the fun, your mom was with the bliss. Bliss and fun, yes. Yeah. It sounds like a it's a winning a combo. dirty movie. Yeah, uh, so I'd watch it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, if my son says that he wants to do that, and he has said that to us, yeah, because uh, he's just now uh, going into high school and he's started with the drama class, and I think his he's he's now beginning to experience some of the. The, um, the amazing uh, emotional rewards that we had experienced for so long yeah. that I would encourage him to do that. One of the things that I want, I mean, like, that's what I do. So if I can, I'll help him. Yeah. One of the things I did very early on was he was, he was tasked with uh, having to make a, uh, a video of... Uh, uh, French. He had. To, he had in, in one of his French classes in his school. This is how cool his school is. His in, in French. He had to uh, uh, create a recipe and then put it on. Uh, make a, a short film of how to how to execute this this uh, cooking recipe. En français. Yeah. And so I don't speak French, oh. uh, but my my son was able to tell me what he was saying and I, I was able to help him film it and then edit it together and it was such a great bonding experience that I, I actually ha- had him uh, cutting it together and, and my, my wife and, uh, and my son also uh, did a, a scene in which I said now I want you to cut this together so he just went on the editing program and cut the, cut the thing together and yeah. he went, oh this is what editing is so I was able to help him understand what I do for a living Yeah. And I was so pleased and so proud that, that I was able to, to share some of my experiences. And I think that that's what most parents want, is they want to give, without crippling uh, their uh, or stunting their, their children by, by saying, do this. You know, say, please benefit from the mistakes I've made or the, or the wisdom that I've gained, yeah. and, then, and then go past that, do yeah. better, right? So I would, I would love to be able to share uh, things that I've learned over time, and possibly collaborate, right? You and, know, and like yes, I mean, maybe my son will hire me uh, to be yeah. in front of the camera, like like I like I was able to do with my dad, yeah. and he with me. Yeah. So um, the short answer would be yes, I would encourage that, and I would help him however I could. Um, but I, I I try not to push him, and, but I I'm bad at that. I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, so uh, school you are allowed to be human. I am allowed, yes, and I'm, and I'm, and I, but I resist that, you know. So when if if your child falls, 
You know, I, mean, I think you know this as as a as a as a person as a, pers- as a uh, parent yeah. of, of a young person. You're like, here are the opportunities. You could say, don't touch that, don't climb on that thing, don't pick. You know, yeah. or you help them get up. Or you can say, you're gonna fall, and now you're gonna pick yourself up, and you're gonna learn that that's what happens when you do that thing. Yeah. You say how many t- how many how much more valuable is that lesson, and how much more self restraint does that take as a parent? Right? Yeah. And now, so I. And I, and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the words coming out of my mouth as I'm saying this, and I'm thinking, even as a director, I have to let some actors just find it. Yeah. If we have the time, of course. There's yeah. no time I could just shortcut it and say, look, this is this is what's happening. Yeah. We have to figure this out. Now, you, um, one of the things that I've heard I've heard tell about you, Peter, is that uh, is that you are particularly good directing children uh, and animals. Who told you that? I love directing animals. Yeah, but who told me that? Well, this uh, I think years ago I heard this from uh, Nicole Oliver. Nicole Oliver is yeah. amazing. She is amazing. Yeah. Well, I directed her son. I believe that's. But that wasn't. She wasn't the only person that I that uh, I heard that from. But yeah, you directed uh, her son Will. Well, Will Will's Will is an anomaly. He's he's very special. Like like that's that saying. I taught Albert Einstein math. Yeah, <laughs> Will was just gifted right to, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. but but uh, but working with children—that that's its own challenge, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you know what the key to working with children is? No idea. No. I want to know because <laughs> working with children is—you uh, have to be patient. Obviously, yeah. the, uh, as a parent, uh, it, it's not that different from being a parent. Um, one of the things that working with children is is challenging is. Getting a lot of the times, um, children are, are written as uh, precocious, or they they their 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 characters end up saying things that these children couldn't possibly know. Yeah, right. Only a thirty year old person would say that, not not a not a, a five year old. Yeah, and it's because a thirty year old person wrote it. That's yeah. exactly right. So <laughs> now the thirty year old person who wrote the thing is also a producer and is just sitting behind you and saying they don't understand the line. You go, hold on a second. Why would you think they would ever get this line? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell them how to say the line. And, you know, it'll be mimicry. But that, so one of the things I do is I, 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 I try to find out if the child has access to a parent who can help them with the lines. And yeah. if the parent is a good actor, that's, that's right. So in the, in the case of Nicole Oliver, she's an excellent actor and a wonderful coach. And, and she actually helped me quite a lot on, yeah. on the show, that the project that we worked uh, together on. On Zap, she was she was invaluable, and I'm I'm if I did if I haven't thanked you, thank you, Nicole. Yay! Um, but one of the things that happens is the kid gets there, and they and they're a little bit overwhelmed, and they don't. Uh, but they also don't understand that there's a whole other thing that's happening that has nothing to do with them. Right. right? So they because as kids do, they think the world revolves around them. Yeah. And so you go, this is not. Uh, but you, know, you have to not kill their spirit, but also to remind them that this is a time to work, right? Yeah. And that there'll be a time. Uh, for play later and so now I need you to focus right and sometimes kids just need to move around so uh, in, an in, in a case where say uh, one calls the heart is, is a great example we've got a bunch oh yeah a bunch of, of small kids who are, are tasked with sitting still yeah school while, room of children right yeah they, of course that's the last thing they want to do they yeah. got to get their yayas out right so I what I try to do is I, oh, everyone stand up let's get your yayas out jump up and go yeah 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 and they all got now you got 
20 kids going, yeah, 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 yeah. And they get you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Now I need you to sit still <laughs> for 30 seconds while we shoot this one thing. Yeah. And then we'll get your yeah, yeah, out again later, right? Yeah. But if you ask them to sit still with no relief, then then you get what then you you deserve what you get. Yeah, I think that's going to go into my parenting arsenal as well. You think? Get yeah. your yeah yeah's out. And maybe even into my marriage. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Paul, get your yeah yeah's. Get your yeah yeah's. <laughs> so, uh, back to how to how to direct kids. If the kid uh, doesn't know what the what the intention of the line is, you have to tell them. Yeah. What the intention is. And if it's above their head, like if perhaps if it's an adult themed movie, uh, then you have to give them an as if, right? Yeah. So can you say it as if? Now, if all these things fail, you just go straight to just say it exactly like this. Yeah. And then you, and, and if you have to do it, you just do it one line at a time and you encourage them. And, and uh, if the parent's agreeable, you bribe them with uh, sugar and money. Yeah. And frankly, I can be bribed as well, well or grapes. with those very things. Grapes. Uh, grapes. No. Grapes, though, in, in glass form, in a, in a champagne, that's my thing. Um, you did mention uh, When Calls the Heart. And, mm. uh, and I, I have very vivid memories of the When Calls the Heart set because I've had the opportunity to go out there and visit as part of the Hardy's family reunion. I went and I, I covered the very first one that took place in January a few years ago. And there were fans from all over North America out there. And it was raining and muddy. And despite the, the gray skies, these people were having the time of their, their lives. Yeah. You know, so, and so, I mean, Be- when Being calls, able to walk on a set that's yeah. actually still being used as that movie, that's, that's a big deal. That's yeah. a big dream. But like, you know, When Calls the Heart itself really is a phenomenon. And it is tapped into something in the zeitgeist. I'm not even sure what, but what do you, like, to what do you account it's, it's success. Like, why do you think people love it? Because so, the people who love it, they love it. They make a trend. Every new episode, it, it trends. I see it in international global trends. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Hardys, who are also very supportive of this show. Uh, I, I think uh, that the show is successful because the, uh, the, the characters are well thought out, and it's very insulated. It's just really about this one town, right? Yeah. And... Um, it's Hope it, Valley. It is, and it's full of hope, yeah. as, as the name would suggest. And uh, it it, um, it gives you it gives you a sense that that uh, that in the same way that that uh, what we talked about earlier about about in the past the same problems keep coming up, yeah. where where, where you know, societal problems are being managed in a sort of a. Uh, just in a one-town basis, yeah. And also, there, there. What's not really nice about this, uh, "One Calls the Heart," is it's about it's about uh, giving power to women uh, during a time when women had no power. Uh, they couldn't vote hmm. uh, at that time. Yeah. They they uh, they were they were they were considered um, more or less property. Yeah. Uh, back back then, their chattel in uh, as as some of the some of the stuff would uh, describe yeah. and so you've got you've got a um, you have uh, a, a, a small town where a where uh, I guess f- f- you had f- the inciting incident is that there's a cave-in in the mine and that there's uh, 40 widows are instantly yeah. created and and uh, the children are all in need of, of, a, of a teacher and this uh, this noble person who's heir to a giant amount of money 
has decided that they're they're going to turn their back on that and and try to try to be an educator. Yeah. And so they um, put it out there that they want to be a teacher. And this on, the only people who respond favorably is this town of widows. Yeah. Who say the 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 company that the company that runs our lives and makes all of our decisions for us has only only given us this one bit of of choice which is who's going to educate our children and we choose you yeah and she realizes i think the nobility of that and how much this town needs her and mm. it's a, a little bit symbiotic at the time but what what comes to pass is that she realizes she's making a difference and yeah. then, and the, all the teachers in my life um that they that at first when I first started going to school, I'd say go home and I'd say that teacher hates me. Uh, she's always too hard on me. And my dad would go, "Do you really think that teacher hates you? Like, why would they become a teacher yeah. if they don't like kids? Like, they're trying to give you a gift. Why don't you just accept the gift, right? Yeah. And, and once I thought of that, once I once I realized, oh, that teachers, like, because being a teacher, the pay is crap. Yeah. absolute crap right and so when you when you realize that there's a nobility to being a teacher and to and to helping the next the next generation be better you go oh that teaching is a much bigger deal than i thought so if you think a teacher is breathing down your neck and has has interfered, it's because they want to give you this gift this, this yeah. and, and if you're not smart enough to see that you're getting in your own way so when when my dad said that to me i was like oh I said, well, I said, let me, let me, why don't you try an experiment? Why don't you sit in the front? Yeah. And why don't you not make a joke every time she opens her mouth and, and see see what's going to happen? And I was able to turn in a, 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 a not-so-great grade into an A in a single semester. And then all I had to do was just change my attitude. Wow. And, uh, because I realized that teachers are, what, the, what, what it is what the kind of commitment that it is to be a teacher versus versus uh, someone who's who's only in it to who's you know I, I I don't know what I thought back then it was some sort of toxic idea about it, what a teacher was of having power over you or yeah and and I, there are I, other ways to assert power in society right, right? like it's like as far as like if you're the kind of personality it's like oh I want to go and like you know like reign over somebody's life you're not going to be a teacher no, like as a no, teacher about supporting and no. nurturing and so when one when you see that happening on a every single I mean and, I, and the fans really spoke out when they and I between the first and second season when they st when they started to do that Downton Abbey thing and the fans said no 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 that's not why we like the show yeah don't go to Downton Abbey don't go don't leave that town come back right yeah and they went oh we went we went off the track a little bit now we're gonna come back yeah right? so then then they went yeah, they got back to what what the fans really loved which was the small town and and the, and the uh, the amazing people in it and especially the teacher student relationships yeah. right and then of course the frontier romance which was you know the the the, the Mountie. Um, yeah frontier there's that there's that again eh we've got a lot mm -hmm. of westerns and things said both in well, yeah, space so they, and so, in uh, you know what that that's a that's an interesting uh, dichotomy as well because they are in a frontier but because they are after the industrial revolution mm. there's a little bit more societal norms and of course one of the one of the characters uh, the mounty represents law and order right yeah. so that, so there's a bit more the, the bit less rather lawlessness but there's yeah. some there's the there's the odd outlaw that comes through but that 
I think uh, more appropriately that there's a the small town problems uh, uh, are that they're addressing are are a, a uh, is it a schism of a, of a much bigger societal problem? Yeah. And then, but then they're up against World War One. They're never going to get past. They're like they're up to, but not quite stuck in this loop right before World War One because they never they never discuss World War One, and they're and they're right there in in that yeah. era, but they can't get to it. Otherwise, all the stories would be about about the, the war, war. Yeah, right. and how consuming it mm-hmm. is. What what do you? geek out about like what are you a fan of I mean we've talked about my own fandom we've talked about Hardy's we talked about you know like is like is there anything that that you are binging or that you nerd out about or I, I, I don't know like what kind of nerd are you I I love uh, science fiction yeah uh, I love um, comedy I love romantic comedy I, I binge watch uh, tons of stuff. I, yeah, I, what was I, the last thing you binge watched? Um, I binge watched uh, Orange Is the New Black, and I binge. Oh, this is a really good one, sci-fi, Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah, we've had a lot of discussions about that series here. So That's great. art. Yeah, it's oh, really good. God. And I, I, I was completely blown away by that. I just love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a, a funny setting for this because uh, the, the other thing that I've been watching is uh, Dear White People. Oh. Yeah, and then one of the lead characters has a, has a radio show that is uh, <laughs> campus-wide, and then she's, uh, she's African-American, and she's the Dear White People title is about things that most white people mis, misunderstand about yeah. what it is to be... Um, a person a, of color. A person yeah. of color, and so it, so it has this Dear White People... Uh, uh, connotation to it yeah and I, and that is incredibly socially relevant right now yeah I'm, I'm really loving watching that yeah I'm, you know what I'm, I'm finding myself being drawn to um, things about women uh, things that mm-hmm. are uh, female issues because a lot because of the me too movement but also because it's it's time yeah, and and I'm and quite frankly, I'm bored with, um, with the, a lot of male centric um, uh, dramas. Yeah, I mean, and frankly, for the longest time, they were all male centric dramas, and that's of what course, women and last, people of color, you years, know, have yeah, have been yeah. mostly consuming. So, you know, but I haven't heard a lot of men actually explicitly state, "Yeah, I'm I'm interested in well, hearing women's stories." I appreciate that. Well, uh, so what, that's what something we just glossed over for when calls the heart is. I mean, I did say it was the empowerment of women during a time when they had no power. But yeah. the the women run that comp- that that whole I say company that the women run that town. Yeah, and um, they're the life's blood of the that whole thing. The thing would fall apart without the women. Yeah, and um, the orange is the new black. Is was very powerful. Yeah, I was quite sad when I got to the last episode, and I I actually cried a little bit. I don't like to admit that, but I was quite moved by that. There's this wonderful little uh, they break the fourth wall during the uh, end credits of the last episode, and they're they're all sort of saying goodbye. And I was like, oh, I've had I've had that feeling. Yeah. I know what that is, and I was quite moved by that. But but one of the things that that I realized. Uh, 
Uh, uh, the 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 that wonderful movie about uh, Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg mm-hmm. um, has come out yeah. right, and then um, and then so there's just all these wonderful things about this this wonderfully changing time where women are saying we don't need men to make a movie, uh, yeah. we don't need uh, men to to give us permission to to write stories about ourselves, yeah. and it was. Well, it was a, an award ceremony, I think it was an Emmy, Emmy Award uh, by for uh, Desperate Housewives. This mm-hmm. is when I first realized. I was a little bit younger uh, then, but it, I realized when, during the acceptance speech, they were, she was thanking, um, is it Mark Cherry? Yeah, Mark Cherry. For creating a movie, uh, uh, sorry, a series about 40-something women and where there were none on yeah. television at all yeah. and and she was thinking because she thought she her career this is terry uh terry hatcher terry hatcher was yeah. thanking him and saying there's no there's no shows about women and yeah. this was all about women and this proved that there was a um that there was a market for that there, that there's yeah. a market that and that women are viable past past 40 yeah, and that, our and emotional that, yeah. lives don't stop yeah, and you know so, and, but society <laughs> unfortunately society doesn't recognize that yeah they're, they're, they're not they don't see that and they are trying to cater to and because the because the uh, the all-powerful dollar is is motivating a lot of what we're doing yeah and so what we're what we're seeing is that the the disposable income people are dictating what we're watching because they're the ones that the ads are geared towards, right? Right. So that so eighteen to thirty five are the disposable income people, and so those are the people who get the first first crack at the at the entertainment. But if you go to subscription base, then we get more entertainment and we get more varied entertainment. So you get shows like um, Orange Is the New Black can survive and thrive. Yeah. And and uh, whereas on a on a network. On a on a non uh, subscription based uh, network where you get uh, where they're lo- where it's housewife. advertising it was just German. a one off yeah right yeah so and and so um, when when the when the uh, demographic for that particular um, show made themselves heard they went oh there's more there there's something here yeah right? okay so if you take that to its logical conclu- conclusion and something that where, where like Ruth Bader Ginsburg that I just uh, talked about, they asked her, when will, you, when will it be equal on the Supreme Court? And this is, I love this quote. And she said, it will be uh, equal in the Supreme Court when there are nine justices, female justices. And I said, well, that doesn't, a lot of the, the pushback was, well, that's not equal. She said, well, of course it's equal. Nobody questioned it when, it, when there was nine male judges. Why would they then question it? If, mm. it? if it's truly equal, why would they question it if there's nine female? Yeah. Right? So there, why can't there be uh, a movie where there's nothing but women? Yeah. Or, or uh, you know, if, and, and we do the flip and nobody questions it. Yeah. That's the thing. Whether, uh, my wife was in this uh, wonderful uh, series called Strange Empire. Uh, your wife a, won a Leo Award for her work she, on that series. Right, but it was always. She was amazing. Yeah, she is amazing and <laughs> she continues is, to be amazing. Yes, and but in one, that role, one Ugh. of the things that she was describing was that when people explain what the what the show was, yeah, it was a female centric western. When, when when why can't you just call it a western? 
why does it have to be a female-centric Western? Why can't it just be a Western? And and I and I've uh, I've often thought about that. I was like, it won't truly be equal until you can describe a a Western or any other piece of uh, material as just being what what it is, whatever yeah. genre it is. But I have to, to explain it's all female. All female yeah. cast. Yeah, I mean, I know in society we have a lot of work to do, but entertainment is where a lot of the the battles, you know, are initially fought, right? Like the the stuff that enters people's homes, mm-hmm. you know, on whatever screen they're using, like so that. Star Trek or, or yeah. Will and Grace, which yeah. we talked about, which is a great example yeah. of those things. Um, I, I I in my life I have moments that I call what the fuck moments, where I'm like, wow, like what the fuck i can't believe that this is actually my life mm-hmm. like when do those happen for you uh i don't I or don't do know. they I, well that's a hard uh, question for me to answer because even before i was able to understand what was happening uh, there was a lot of people on what on my television screen that were in my father's house for yeah. dinner so I didn't know that I was having a what the fuck moment to yeah. put it the, your way um, so wh- wh- one of the things that my dad did that was so amazing and that my mom did as well is whenever he would work with whoever he would invariably invite them over to his house for dinner Yeah, and and so when you get all uh, try to imagine all the people that my dad ever worked with in our home eating dinner and laughing with chewed up food in their mouth with wide open because they can't breathe and 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 <laughs> and, and, and having a way you of know, throwing stories back and forth you don't it doesn't occur to you that this is not normal yeah. as a young person and when Dolly Parton because she did uh, best of the Warhouse in Texas with my dad was uh, displaced um, because she was in Los Angeles at the time and my dad said oh I gotta get home because we're my, my doing uh, Halloween and she said can I come and my dad was like well, you, you want to come and I was, sure so she came and she put a pirate do-rag on her head and wore a patch and a thing and she went trick-or-treating with us <laughs> as a kid yeah. and and was like I didn't know that that was a what the fuck moment yeah. until years later I was like oh what the fuck we went trick or treating with Dolly Parton and that's how cool Dolly Parton is and that's how cool my dad was like he didn't go hey that's weird he just went yeah let's do it yeah so my dad was smart enough to invite all of his working peers to his house and this is it was a, it was a, a different time where he we just the social skills of of our parents or and their conversational abilities are just better you yeah know? and I think it's due to the lack of screens right and, yeah and my dad used to spend hours uh, struggling with these snail mail letters handwritten snail mail letters that he would he would he would pour his heart out to people and they would appreciate that and a lot of people still show me these these wonderful letters that my dad had written in longhand to them I'm like that's that's what my parents did they they were reaching out they were trying to create connections yeah so they so when you ask me what the fuck moments i think a lot of times when a spark hits where i'm where i'm very stimulated and i'm i'm in the moment my, my favorite 
part about what uh, what the fuck moment would be being present when when my dad uh, died. That yeah. was a what the fuck moment for me, and being present when my son was born. Those mm. were probably and and getting married to my wife was awesome. But but it it, it pales in comparison to the the death and birth of yeah. uh, death of my dad and birth of my uh, my son. Also. At, after and this is apropos because it's September 11th at the recording of yeah. this uh, particular thing. After September 11th, and after the birth of my son, I became acutely aware that I did not, I was not interested in perpetrating. Um, I did not want to dramatize uh, the killing of innocent people mm. on, on screen anymore. I, yeah. I, I thought I'm done with that. Whereas Prior to that, uh, I had I had this idea about you know bigger explosions and 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 uh, being very visceral and and being very uh, aggressive. Now I have an idea about the preciousness of life that I, I didn't have appreciation for uh, quite have the same appreciation for before nine eleven and the yeah. birth of my son. And when I see movies like Iwo Jima. Uh, uh, the sand and, and 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 I see all of those soldiers yeah. storming the beach and being mowed down. Yeah. And and um, saving Private Ryan. And, and every one of those is every alive. single life form. Yeah. Was was cultivated by two caring parents, presumably Hopefully, two caring, yeah. and and every precious need that that were were being dealt with for all the years leading up to that moment, and a single bullet just takes it, makes it turns them off like a light switch yeah and i and i think of how upsetting that is and how an anti-war film obviously has its place in society but i want to i want to be a part of the uh social positive social change right i want to be a part of making movies that have uh more women than men in them i want to be a part of uh integrating um integrating the the races in the cast and not having to have a conversation about it or or why why you know, it just it's just normal that's yeah. just normal that it's not a thing where we have to be it has to be a positive or a negative or we have to make sure we have x amount of of uh, non-caucasian people in this yeah. movie i i just want it to be normal that that's that's what society is and that's what it is yeah mm. wow peter de this has definitely been a WTF kind of interview for me. Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure that this is uh, the end of part two because I have a feeling that in editing I have broken these down into oh. two separate. Too long? Uh, there's no there's such no, thing as no too, too long. long or too no. funny. I'm told. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're a triple threat, right? Look right. at you go. Uh, where can our fans find you on the social media? Uh. Where can they find me? So, uh, real Peter DeLuise at. I think it's real P DeLuise. Thank okay, you. there'll be a link to real that. P, no, that yeah. Yeah, real P DeLuise. Thank you. It's been Lots a while. of great photos of you and um, your dog. We we saw a lot of your dog. Rowdy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rowdy. He's such a good boy. He's yeah. so sweet. You know? Yeah. Nothing like, I mean, for me, like, definitely my relationship with my cat, Sweden Vanessa, shout out Sweden Vanessa, ah. is just, it's it's so good for my mental health, you know, they don't care about my, the accolades or the work I do, it's mm-hmm. just like, do I feed them, do I show them love, do I play with them? 
Yeah, well, yeah. that's the, that's the <laughs> ultimate coming home from a really difficult day at school and uh, or or a difficult day uh, at work. Yeah, uh, both my son and I are, are incredibly gratified by the greeting that we get by, from our yeah our little four-legged friend, and the licks and the cuddles, and yeah, yeah, that makes all the difference, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Well, to our to our listeners, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Uh, please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Five stars, no less. Find us at what's well, for our ASMR listeners, uh, and they can give us five stars just for that. Five stars, no less. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by myself, Sabrina Firminger, and it's edited and produced by Simon Firminger. We give special thanks to Tyson Braddock and Paul Firminger, family business, for technical support, and to Dane Develay for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! <laughs> <laughs>